Hi everyone, it is now 5 p.m. on this Wednesday evening in Kingston, and you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM, www.cfrc.ca. Welcome to this week's segment of Today in YGK with me, your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Today in YGK brings you need-to-know news about what's going on right here in our beautiful city of Kingston. From current news, special segments, and interviews with some amazing guests, I'm sure you'll find something of interest that gets you to tune in. If you have any news to share, be sure to contact me via email at news at cfrc.ca. So without further ado, let's get right into it. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone, I'm Alexandra Fernandez and you're listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM. Today in our virtual studio, I have with me Shannon and Charlotte of the Agnes Etherington Art Center who are going to talk with us about the amazing programming at the Agnes this summer season, all the different events going on and how you can get involved. So let's welcome Charlotte and Shannon on CFRC 101.9 FM. How are you both doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having us. Yes, of course. Excited. Thank you. Yeah. So can you tell us about yourselves and your roles as Shannon as program coordinator and Charlotte as program assistant at the Agnes? Sure. I'd love to. So I'm the program coordinator and I work with all the public programming. So anything that is community facing, um, Kingston tourists, um, or anyone now that comes to us online because we do have a really vibrant uh, virtual platform with Agnes. I also work with um, instructors, art instructors to teach um, skill building and uh, creativity, uh, studio programs. Um, I work with our community docents to offer tours and I support Charlotte um, in the work that she does. Um, and we also work with a lot of students, actually. We have two SWEP students with us in programming this summer, and uh, we often bring in alternative practicum students that come from the Faculty of Education. Um, and I also manage all the events, uh, lectures, special guest artists that come. Um, I do a lot of presentations when I'm at Agnes, when we're in person, mm-hmm. and um, manage a lot of the, as I mentioned, the virtual programs. So that's kind of it in a nutshell, but there's lots that we do within the museum. Mm-hmm. And my name is Charlotte Gagne, as you said, I'm the program assistant at Agnes. So uh, when you register to attend an event at Agnes, or if you have any questions, you'll probably be chatting with me over email. Uh, and this year specifically, I've taken the lead on organizing a lot of uh, stuff around technology and making sure our online events run smoothly. Um, But I do do a lot of work with our school program uh, for students in grades one to eight, developing tours this year, of course, online and all sorts of other learning opportunities for teachers and families. Uh, I also work with and train our fantastic team of student docents. They're all Queen's University students who lead the classes through these uh, school school program tours. Um, And like Shannon said, we really couldn't do what we do without their support or the support of our other uh, SWEP students and interns. They really um, they really strengthen our programs team. Sounds awesome. It sounds like there's definitely a lot on your 
go through your plates um, to get done and stuff. Um, so can you tell us more about the Isabel and Alfred Bader lecture and European art event that's taking place on Friday, June 4th? Um, it sounds like a really interesting event and obviously Isabel and Alfred Bader, very um, big names to Queen's University. What can people expect and look forward to with this event? Sure. Well, uh, this event is a free public lecture. It's online and it's Friday, the 4th of June, as you mentioned, between 1 and 2.30. So anyone who's interested, you just have to go to the website and uh, sign in uh, and register beforehand and Charlotte will send a link to the Zoom program. Um, so in terms of the actual programming, uh, we are bringing in a special guest lecturer, Elmer Colflin. He teaches art history at the University of Amsterdam, and he has published widely on Dutch art of the 17th century. He has a special interest in images of black figures. He recently co-curated the acclaimed exhibition Black in Rembrandt's Time with Stephanie Arch Archangel at the Rembrandt House in Amsterdam in 2020. So in June, he'll be giving a talk called Out of the Shadow and Into the Light, Black Figures in the Art of Rembrandt's Time. All major Dutch collections have paintings representing black figures and the Bader collection at Agnes is no exception. For a long time, black presence in Dutch 17th century art went unaccounted for and scholarship around this was absent in academic texts and museum exhibitions. However, research of the last 30 years has drawn increased attention to the ubiquitous presence and verifying roles of black figures in Dutch art. And in this lecture, Dr. Coughlin examines why black figures recur so frequently in Dutch art and whether and why Rembrandt's approach differed from that of his contemporaries. Interesting, that sounds really awesome. Thank you. Um, and on top of this amazing lecture um, that's taking place in June, you also have um, these online events um, that are called Deep Looking and they happen once a month on Tuesdays. And this corresponds to current exhibitions at the Agnes. So can you tell us about this and why people should check it out and be interested in it? Absolutely. Um, so I'll just tell you the dates and the exhibitions that they're associated with. So the first one is June 22nd, and it's over the lunch hour. So it's from 1215 to 1. And the first one is um, associated with an exhibition upcoming called Super Radiance. Super Radiance is um, an exhibition with a number of uh, local artists. And um, the, currently these artists are working with um, what we're calling the Drift Playgroup. Drift is an exhibition that's on right now. Um, and these are some artists that are working with the artists from, from Drift. So Drift is all about art and dark matter, this science and art um, experience. So Super Radiance is happening on the 22nd. And July 20th, we have another exhibition titled With Opened Mouths. And this is being curated by uh, a new um, Agnes curator named Knita Lilla. We're also putting on a podcast series that goes with, with open mouths and the specifics of this exhibition you can find online, but um, it will be representing um, some of our uh, Lang collection of African art and it will be looking anew at um, African art masks. So it's going to be a really incredible experience. And then on August 17th, um, an exhibition curated by Amy Malbuff and Jesse Ray Short titled Other Worlds will be the focus of deep looking. 
And so in terms of what deep looking is, uh, studies have found that visitors to art galleries and museums spend an average of eight seconds looking at each work on display. So we kind of took that and we ran with it. We thought, why are people only taking such a short time to look at art and how can we extend that? So um, according to a woman, uh, an, an academic and lecturer at Harvard named Sherry Tishman, she's written about something called slow looking. And this is mm -hmm. how we were inspired. It's a practice of observing details over time in order to move beyond your first impression and create a more immersive experience. Um, so it's not really an art history lesson. We don't talk about the artworks as if we are the experts and we're telling other people what to think. It's a way to bring people in to feel a lot of agency that their experience looking at a piece of art is really as important as let's say the curator or the director or even myself or Charlotte. Um, it's moderated by a community facilitator and it usually has a connection to the, ex that facilitator has a connection to the exhibition. It's rarely the artist, it's rarely the curator. Usually it's somebody who's associated to that theme or that um, has been invited in, I would say, by somebody in the museum. Um, and we usually start this experience with a mindfulness experience. So there is a very relaxing and meditative experience that goes along with deep looking. And we then silently observe pieces of art for five minutes or, or even more. Mm -hmm. And then after we sit quietly looking at the artworks, then we're inviting the participants to tell us what they see. So again, it's not about us telling anyone what it's supposed to be. We are only the ones that are offering the artworks. We don't always know exactly what other people see or how they experience the art. So it's really right. a, a wonderful experience of agency and um, it's really empowering. So uh, we've been receiving lots of great feedback on Deep Looking and um, we think that it's going to appeal to anyone uh, who would like to join us. So we really put the, the call out to come and join us and, and do some Deep Looking. That sounds really interesting. And I have noticed that. And even, I mean, I'm probably guilty of it myself going to an art gallery and spending such a short amount of time. And my question, my follow-up question was going to be, it, um, is deep looking guided? It, it is guided in a sense in that mm -hmm. the whole experience is really much on a schedule and we do talk people through each step. It comes with us saying, okay, so now we'd like to encourage you to close your eyes and just relax. And then the next part is, now we would like to encourage you to just look deeply at the artwork. Um, notice the colors, notice the lines, notice the, if there's a story going on. And we encourage people really to do that. And then we have a timer, so everyone comes out at the mm -hmm. same time. So we do guide people, but we don't tell them what to look for, tell them how they should be looking. It's more about, um, Here's your chance to look and now let's share. So then we invite people one-on-one -on -one, or sorry, one at a time to share with the whole group what they saw. And it's amazing because often um, one person will see one thing and then somebody will see something totally different. It really shows how um, we all come to different things with our different life experiences and our different biases. And mm -hmm. uh, hearing somebody else's perspective is really a beautiful thing because then we realize, wow, I'm not the center of the universe, <laughs> although we all are, you know, it's so wonderful to be able to hear and share with others what they've experienced. It's quite an emotional experience for me. I don't know if you feel that way, Charlotte, but I'm always very emotional at the end of it. 
It's a beautiful experience, and and you'll when you when you attend, you'll find we go off tangent. Um, people won't won't just be looking at the art; they'll say, "Oh, and that reminds me of this," and and they'll go tell us a story. And just that sharing aspect, like it's really that we are creating a space and we're holding a space for the sharing. And um, it is it is emotional and it is relaxing, and it's just a, like a really refreshing thing to do. I find on my lunch hour, I, I love it. It's I always come back feeling charged and we, we do end the sessions thinking about how are we going to take this experience into the rest of our day into the rest of our week how is this going to change our outlook so it's it's a very it's a very um rejuvenating session mm -hmm. sounds like it and I like that note that you just mentioned Charlotte about like taking it with you like further into your day into your week um just to kind of it goes to show how like art just doesn't influence us or you know affect us emotionally mentally physically and just when we're present with it, there's always something we can take away and bring into our lives, which is really interesting, yeah. And we should also say that um, if, if I know Zoom fatigue is a thing, and if you wanna attend and turn your camera off and you don't wanna share that, you're welcome to do that too. Just sit, I find sitting and listening sometimes can be very, um, can give me energy as well. So we're, we're welcoming people who wanna contribute at all, at all levels. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, and not only do you have all these amazing exhibitions um, for um, adults and whatnot, and just anyone really interested, but you also have some awesome programming for kids that you do at the Agnes. So starting in July, you have an amazing art camp at home program. So what does this program entail for kids? And why should um, parents or parental figures consider it for their children or children figures? Yes, so this is our second summer providing an online art camp. Uh, we also had an online spring break camp. So it's a well-oiled machine now. And we developed Agnes Art Camp at home last summer in response to the lockdown. Mm -hmm. uh, we knew we wanted to support families and children who'd be missing the fun they usually have at camp. Um, Agnes Art Camp at home is for ages six to 12, and it runs over four weeks in July on Zoom. So each week is a separate camp uh, with new and exciting themes, and they're led by our fantastic educators. And uh, like Shannon mentioned earlier, our SWEP students. Um, and we're keeping the camp small, no more than 14 children per week. And we're together for short creative bursts in the morning and afternoon, because we know that all day online learning has its challenges. Mm -hmm. And we really focus on making it a fun place that builds a sense of community for the, for the children. So when we designed this program, we wanted to make it really easy for families, first and foremost. So all the materials you need are provided in a kit uh, that's included in the registration fee. And we provide a lot of tech support and tips as well. Although I do think that parents and children are all Zoom pros now after this past year. So um, we're all kind of becoming more literate in this platform. Mm -hmm. um, Something that surprised me actually this last year as well as over spring break is that we did have children from all over Ontario joining us, not just those in oh. Kingston. Um, so it's possible for cousins or friends who can't see each other, maybe they're separated by, by distance, um, to connect in this virtual camp. And in those cases, we just ship the kits to families directly. So um, that was something that really warmed me to see, to see that connection happening just uh, further afield as well. Mm -hmm, definitely. And that sounds like such a great opportunity and a great way for um, younger kids to just kind of delve into the world of art, for sure. Um, so in terms of all these amazing events going on, um, how can people sign up and get involved? 
Yeah, so registration is really quite simple. Um, you can find all of our talks and tours, classes and workshops under the participate tab on our website. Um, registration is currently required for all of our events so we can know who's coming and send out links. Um, so when you sign up, you'll receive an email from Agnes a few days prior uh, with all the information you'll need, like links to connect, um, if, it's a, if it's a workshop, any materials that you might wanna have on hand. So um, yeah, I encourage people to go to the website. You can also sign up for our newsletter if you'd like that those events uh, directly to your to your email every week. Great. Um, is there anything else that either of you would like to add before we end off? Um, we wanted to mention one more event actually, or, or one yeah. more program. Um, we've talking been talking a lot about our live programming and we're very excited about this and how it's allowed us to connect and create community during the pandemic. But we also know that Zoom programming isn't for everybody. And whether that's because it's not accessible to you or you're dealing with Zoom fatigue and you just don't wanna be online. <laughs> um, so we wanted to create some program that was programming that was offline. So this June, we're launching a new program called Thought Provoking Care Packages. Um, it's a free program and those who register will receive uh, a kit with art materials, some creative prompts and a few other goodies that are connected to the exhibition Super Radiant. So if you're looking for a summer project, to create a summer project that gets you out of the house, enjoying nature and walking around, we really encourage you to, to check that out as well. Sounds great. That sounds like a really great opportunity for sure. Um, Shannon, was there anything that you wanted to add on your end or? Um, I, I think that uh, Charlotte said it all here. Um, we do uh, hope to reopen, um, but of course we can't promise anything at this point. Um, you know, we're basically listening to KFLNA and of course mm -hmm. Queen's uh, COVID protocol, but um, we are ever hopeful that we will be in person soon and um, our new exhibitions will be turning over in the next couple of months. So uh, we do uh, really invite everyone to come and, and check us out. You can always look on our website to see if we're open or not. And um, admission to Agnes is free. We are the Queen's University Art Museum, but we're also the Kingston Art and Legion Art Museum. Uh, we have a really large collection of over 17,000 art pieces and the quality of the work is really um, of the highest caliber. We have um, artists from across Canada and international artists that come and show with us and regional artists. So we do encourage you, if you've never come into Agnes, it's a really welcoming space. It's a, it's a digestible size, so it's not a, a huge day-long event. You can come and check out all of the exhibitions in a couple of hours and wander through the spaces. We have our historic house, uh, we have our art studio, and, um, and our atrium is also a really interesting space to visit. So uh, we encourage everyone to come and visit us and find us online um, through the Queen's website or just Google Agnes Etherington Art Center. Sounds amazing. I myself am looking forward to the day where I can step back into the galleries, yes. Um, but thank you so much, um, Shannon and Charlotte, for joining me on my show today in YGK. It was a pleasure speaking with both of you. Um, and I hope that all these events run successfully. And thank you so much for teaching us about all the great programming at the Agnes in the next coming months. Great. Well, we look forward to seeing you in the space someday soon, Alexandra, meeting you in person. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting us. I look forward to communicating with everyone listening and sh sharing our events. I'm, I'm uh, excited to, to see who shows up. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye. Have a great day.
we're back and you're listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM. I'm Alexandra Fernandez and we just concluded an amazing talk with Shannon Brown and Charlotte Gagne of the Agnes Etherington Arts Center at Queen's University and all the amazing summer programming that they have. To check out their events and to register for all of them, you can go to agnes.queensu.ca. In recent news, at its recent virtual annual general meeting, Conservation Ontario announced the leadership team of the organization will comprise the board of directors for the current term. Among the six appointees was Alan Revel, chair of Cataraqui Conservation. Revel was renewed to the vice chair position and is joined once again by fellow vice chair Lynn Gibson of Conservation Sudbury, working closely with chair Andy Mitchell of Otanabe Conservation. The three other directors of the current board are Linda Lallerbit, General Manager of the Ganaraska Region Conservation Authority, Samantha Lawson, General Manager of the Grand River Conservation Authority, and Deborah Martin-Downs, General Manager of Credit Valley Conservation. Conservation Ontario works closely with and represents all 36 conservation authorities in the province with a mission to promote and continually strengthen a watershed-based conservation coalition in Ontario. I look forward to working with my colleagues on the Conservation Ontario Board and for the opportunity to represent not only our exceptional team at Cataraqui Conservation, but bring the voice of Eastern Ontario Conservation Authorities to the table, Revel said in a statement. The organization fulfills several important roles within the conservation movement and works cooperatively with other environmental agencies as well as acting as a liaison and advocate for conservation measures with the Ontario government. Its mandate can be broken down into a few key sectors of responsibility, including policy and program development, business development and partnerships, communications, education and training, collective corporate services, government relations, and information management and research. Conservation Ontario is governed by the aforementioned six-member elected board of directors and directed by a council comprised of appointed and elected municipal officials from the 36 Conservation Authority Board of Directors and Conservation Authority staff. Conservation Ontario's main source of funding is secured from its membership through Levi's and supplemented by project funding and contracts. For more information on Conservation Ontario, you can visit conservationontario.ca and for more information about Cataraqui Conservation, you can visit cataraquiconservation.ca. That's C-A-T-A-R-A-Q-U-I conservation.ca. Thank you so much for tuning in to Today in YGK and tuning in to CFRC 101.9 FM. We are going to turn it over to our weekly traffic report to update you folks. And then don't go anywhere because we have Campus Beat coming up next with Dinah Jansen. Thank you for listening to Today in YGK, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.